Here we go. You are listening to Long Gospel on this October the 10th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And as is our custom, we take a look at a reading for the following Sunday, which is the 19th Sunday after Pentecost for October the 16th, 2022. Readings are from Genesis 32, 2 Timothy 3, and Luke 18. And one of my favorite readings is the gospel from Luke 18. It's about Jesus telling them a parable. And here's what he says in the parable. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept running, coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. And for a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Now, what has this got to do with the kingdom of God on earth? Because it says Jesus told them a parable. And when you look at the context, you discover the purpose of the parable. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now, this kind of follows what we were talking about last week. Does God always hear your prayers? A lot of times it appears that he does not hear your prayer because he's not responding. In fact, in the sermon, I asked the congregation to think of an occasion when they prayed and it appeared that God did not hear them and had that in their mind. And the reason I said that was so important was because why? The fact of the matter is, is that God always hears prayers. There's two kinds of prayers. We said the one kind of prayer is when you're praying for something that he has promised. So when we baptize a baby in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is a promise connected with the sacrament of baptism that the person being baptized will receive the gift of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it would be a sin when a pastor is baptizing a baby to say, if it is your will, Lord, let this baby have faith and the Holy Spirit. You don't add if it is your will, because God has promised that that is what is going to be happening. The other kind of prayer is when you pray for something that God has not promised. And I've given the example of a motorcycle I wanted when I learned to drive but my parents would not let me buy one. 
but I got one after we were married. So when you are praying for something that God has not promised, he can actually answer in three ways. He can say yes and give it to you right away. Or he can say no and you'll not get it. Or he can say wait. And in the situation of that prayer, I now realize that God had said wait. In, in other words, we need to realize that God always hears our prayer and he always answers our prayer. Uh, the reason some people say, well, I prayed to God, he did not hear me, is because what they had asked for specifically had not come true. And therefore, they jumped to the conclusion, as Habakkuk had said, that God was kind of asleep at the switch, that he was idle, that he doesn't hear us. But that's not true. When you are a Christian, you have Jesus Christ as your mediator, and he definitely hears you. So how does this all fit? with this parable that Jesus shares. A parable sometimes is comparing an earthly thing to God himself, but a parable is also like a metaphor. It just makes a point. And in this parable, God is not a judge who neither fears God nor respects man. He's actually a bad judge because he doesn't have that fear of God nor respect of man. So that's how the parable begins. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. Now you see, a widow is a widow. If you remember the story of Ruth, when Naomi and her husband went to a different land with her two sons, and her husband died and her two sons, Naomi began to regard herself as bitter, bitter against God, because there was no one anymore to carry the line. And what happened, Ruth returned with her to Bethlehem where the famine had gone away and there was plenty of food. And there was a man who became infatuated with Ruth and ended up marrying her. And therefore, the continued the line to Jesus Christ. But you see, being a widow meant that God in that culture was really not with you because he wasn't providing you with a man to take care of you. Widows could not really work. If you remember Ruth and Naomi, they had to go into the field and pick grain that the farmer had left. They hadn't picked it all up. And that's how they were able to feed. 
So we can understand that the people listening to this story of Jesus agreed that the evil judge refused. But then afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. So the judge does give her justice, which is very unusual in that culture because women were often not permitted to testify at courts. Uh, there were a lot of restrictions on women in Jesus' day. And so therefore she should not have gotten justice. But the reason was that she was bothering the judge so much. Now this doesn't mean that we bother God and therefore he answers our prayer because he's getting sick and tired of our bothering. But after Jesus tells the parable, he says, hear what the unrighteous judge says and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night. So Jesus is making a distinction between an unrighteous judge and God who is not unrighteous at all. He is one who listens to the righteous. And remember how you become righteous in God's sight not by your works, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Now that can lead to doing righteous works. It's called the life of sanctification, but it doesn't justify you before God. In fact, you cannot even do a righteous good work before God until, guess what? You are totally saved. And that occurs through baptism or reading the word of God, hearing the word of God, and coming faith. Not by your own will, but by the will of the Holy Spirit. So unlike an unrighteous judge who needs a motivation that is selfish, in order for him to answer your prayer. God is a righteous judge who will give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night. Jesus asks, will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. But then he says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now that's a critical ending to this passage. Jesus does not say, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find obedience on earth? 
No, he's looking for faith. And the word faith in the original language means to trust the promises connected to the historical events of the life of Jesus Christ. The promises connected to his birth, to his crucifixion, to his resurrection, to his ascension into heaven. There are specific promises connected with each one. In regard to his birth, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He became a human being. This is God. And what was the promise connected to that? The promise was that he would therefore be able to die as a human being because he also was declared by God to be a sinner. That occurred at his baptism when John the Baptist tried to argue with him that he should not be baptized because it was a baptism of repentance and Jesus was sinless. But Jesus said, in order to fulfill all righteousness, what that meant is that from before the creation of the world, the Holy Trinity had decided that the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, would become a human being. And the purpose was so that he might become the supreme sacrifice for pain for our sins. And that's why there are promises connected to his crucifixion. Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. And remember the promise given to the thief on the cross. He simply said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now Jesus is hanging on the cross with spikes going through his hands and feet. He has no throne except a wooden cross. There is no red robe except the blood pouring from his body. There is no crown except a crown of thorns. But there are promises connected to his crucifixion. And that promise came to the thief. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is not saying, well, I'm telling you today that there is someday you will be with me in paradise. No, he's saying, today you will be with me in paradise. And so therefore, there's a promise that though Jesus goes into the grave, his body, his spirit is a human spirit that is received in his incarnation. And therefore, when he dies on the cross, the same thing happens to him that happens to every believer. And that is the spirit separates from the body and is with God in heaven. And that's why both the spirit of Jesus and the thief are in heaven together. Now, for the thief, there will not be a resurrection of his body until the day of judgment. But for Jesus, 
that resurrection occurs three days later on what we refer to as Easter Sunday. And it makes a huge difference, a huge difference, for example, to the church who then begins to worship on Sunday. And that change from Saturday to Sunday, it was a ceremonial law to worship on Saturday. And all the ceremonial laws were set aside. Most congregations now worship on Sunday, although because of the workload that members have, congregations also have worship services on Saturday and Monday. In fact, two of the congregations I'm helping with in Illinois, we worship on Thursday every week because the other two congregations I serve, I have to be there on Sunday morning, a congregation and a university to which we preach the message of Jesus Christ. And so the promises connected to his crucifixion and his resurrection are very important because he rose the promises that you too have risen from the dead. You have new life in you. And that new life is a promise that will continue after your death when you will be with God in heaven forever and ever. So what God is going to be looking for on the day of judgment is not obedience, but faith. That faith does result in obedience, but the obedience does not come the, become the reason why a person is saved. You're saved because Jesus died and rose for you and has now ascended into heaven. And the promises of his ascension are wonderful. He is now your ascended Lord, and as prophet, priest, and king, he was that when he was on earth, a prophet telling his disciples the word of God, a priest in praying for them and teaching them to pray, and a king because he was ruling over everything, as is obvious from a number of occasions, including being on a tumultuous sea, telling the waves to stop, and there was calm. So the promises continue in your life. It may appear at times that God does not hear you, but if an unjust judge ends up helping a widow who is a woman, who does not necessarily get justice, you can imagine what a just God, namely the God we have, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they will give us answers to our prayer. And Habakkuk says, the answer is coming. It's never delayed to the point where it doesn't occur. That's what Adam and Eve learned 
they heard the promise that God had given to the serpent in the garden, that through the seed of Eve, the Savior would come. Now, she thought Cain was the Messiah when he was born. Read chapter 4, verse 1. It reads, I have gotten a man, the Lord. She thinks Cain is the Messiah. He's really the first murderer. And so, therefore, God waited centuries before the Messiah came through the Virgin Mary. But that meant he kept his promise. And the Old Testament believer kept looking forward to what Abraham had been promised, that through Isaac would come the Messiah through his seed. And that's why it is important to remember we have a just judge who is taking care of us. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we'll be looking at the hymn, I Trust, O Lord, Your Holy Name. You can tell from the title that faith is important. We'll discuss that with Mark Smith. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.